Hey Mike and Linda, it's so great to sit down with you both and have a conversation about fasting. So thank you so much for making this time. We'll chat a bit about what fasting is, what the Bible has to say about it, as well as hear some of your personal experiences and how we can engage with it as a church family during prayer week. Before we start, why don't we just quickly go around and say who we are and how this topic of fasting even came up. So I'm Anahi and I'm working as a ministry trainee this year. And I'm Linda. I work part-time for the Globe Church. Uh, I'm largely involved with training and with pastoral care. And I'm Mike. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, serving in all sorts of different ways, uh, including in helping us think about fasting. Great. How did it come up, Linda? Do you remember? I think it was like we were talking about prayer week and we were like, hey, we should fast. And then we were like, hang on, fasting, like that's a thing. Do we ever talk about that? So I think that was when probably Anahu said, do you know what we should do? And here we are. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. So as we dive in, a good place to start would be by defining what fasting is. So Mike, can you tell us a little bit about what fasting is? Because I guess depending on your church background, fasting may be less familiar to some of us. Yeah, sure. Um, For some of you, you you may be really familiar with it from your backgrounds, as as Anani said. For others, um, it might be quite a new thing to you. Um, You might have heard about it in the Bible and and read it at parts and you're not quite sure what it is. Uh, at just a really like basic, simple level, um, simply saying no to something that you might love a little bit too much, uh, and instead what you're doing is you're saying yes to God. Um, and I think that's a really good and, and basic principle to hold when you think about fasting. Mm. No to something that you might love, yes to God is sort of what you're thinking about. That's really helpful. Like, um, yeah, I love the simplicity of that. Yes to the fact we belong to Christ and we long to be with him more than anything else in this world. And I guess it's a really helpful way of growing that yes into a resounding yes by recognizing what grips our heart more powerfully than God, what we look forward to more than him, what gives us more joy than him. Isn't it that we just love what we can see? And it's hard to love God because we can't see him. I remember once um, when I was starting my kids off in Parkrun and I was trying to entice them around. So I gave one of them um, a pack of fizzers. They're these little kind of small sweets. Mm. Um and I turned away and when I turned back, he'd opened the packet and I was like, what are you doing? He says, I was just sniffing them. <laughs> and then I turn away and I turn back and he's got one in his mouth and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just licking it. <laughs> and then I turn back to him later. And of course the whole packet is gone. And isn't it that we just love what we can see and what we can hear and smell and touch. And I think one of the problems with holding on to the promise that, that we belong to God is that we can't see him. And so I guess our hearts just get gripped Well, it's interesting in Matthew 6, verse 32, Jesus says that our hearts get gripped by the ordinary, Mm. the everyday things of food and drink and clothes. So I guess if you take food as an example, food is not a bad thing until I treasure it more than God, until I look forward to my next meal more than I look forward to time with God, until I turn to it for comfort instead of God, until I treasure it more than God. And I guess when I'm looking for comfort in food, what I'm really looking for is the secure, loving relationship with my Father God that I was created for. Many of us turn to food and drink when we don't get that kind of sense of um, loving security that we crave. And it's a vicious cycle because honestly, after eating the entire multi-pack of chocolate, we don't feel better. We actually feel worse. And so I think planning to fast is a powerful way of loosening the grip that stuff has over us. And I guess I really want to say it's not about the time or the extremity of what you're giving up and it's not to gain the approval of others or even like your own approval. But it's because God the Father already approves of us. He already loves us. We're already secure in him. And so it's a way of expressing that 
above everything else, I need my father in heaven. He's enough for me. He's everything to me. I long for him. Hmm. I really love what you just said there about how planning to fast can be a powerful way to loosen the grip of stuff over us. Because sometimes I find that um, a subtle shift can happen. Um, and I look back and I realize that I'm turning to food or drink or a particular TV show to fill a longing that only God can really satisfy. Yeah, that's right. I, I thought yeah, it was super helpful what Linda was just saying. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to pick up on something she, she was saying towards the end of uh, what she was sharing about about saying that it's not about approval of others or, mm. or self-gain but it's it's to know god already approves of you as our father and you want to just express that um to our father in heaven and, and i think that's that's exactly it in fasting it's there's two sides to it in that uh, one of the, the the purposes of fasting is to to help us to realize what we're holding on to too closely too tightly and what do we think we actually need when we don't um, and it's letting go of that is, is one aspect of fasting and the other is is the other side of you know you don't just say, great, I've stopped doing that now. Cool, let's just get on with our lives. Um, but it's what are you doing instead? And the whole purpose of fasting is to say, look, that's why you draw ever closer to God as you fast. Um, it's it's a way of saying, look, God, you are more important to me than anything. Uh, I need you more than anything. God, I want to lean upon you and you only. Um, and instead of the time you had doing whatever you were doing, whether it's you know, feasting on food or social media or TV or comic books, um, you instead place uh, replace that precious time um, with God, uh, instead of watching you know so much Netflix, you spend more time reading and, and feasting off His Word. Um, that's where you really get it. Uh, you're down praying on your knees, speaking to your Father. Um, you know, perhaps even walking out into creation and seeing the wonders of what God has made and all that He's given us, uh, and then seeing through that how in His Word it's shown us how He's redeemed us and called us to be His mm-hmm. children, and, and resting in in those wonderful truths, um, the realities of what God has done. Uh, so I, I think it's really helpful to think of it as loosening grip on on something that's holding us, but then releasing that into into stepping into God and drawing ever close mm-hmm. to Him. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think that's where I go wrong. Like I think I'm so focused on why I'm giving up that I actually don't use that um, opportunity to draw close to mm-hmm. God in its place. And so you know maybe I'll be like focused on oh I'm going to miss this particular meal or I'm going to fast for this number of hours. But I just sort of seem to stop short of planning how I'm going to uh, enjoy God more in that yeah, time. And so yeah. I love this idea of it's no and yes. And yeah. I think I'm, I sort of get focused on the no, but yeah. I lose sight of, okay, how am I expressing the yes to God? And what am I deciding that I'm going to fill this time with instead? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And I guess that's why we have fasting and prayer. Like we're not just fasting for the sake of it, but actually in that prayer, it's an op- opportunity to lean more on God mm. in a really intentional way. Mm. Um, so, Mike, can you tell us a little bit more about what the Bible has to say on this topic and what are some of the instances we see people turning to God with fasting and prayer? Sure. Um, I, I, you might be aware there's, there's actually lots of references to fasting throughout Scripture. Uh, let's, let's start in the Old Testament. Yeah. And, and if you think about the Old Testament, you often hear fasting coming alongside kind of ashes and sackcloth. It's kind of a dark view of it um, because, because one of the key aspects, I think, of fasting is, is that of repentance, of turning back to God. Uh, it often happens when things aren't right in our relationship with God uh, and we fast to, to remind us of who we are in relation to God and, and to come back to him. Um, and you can see that in, in different levels. You see that on the corporate level, um, you know, with Nehemiah, for example, Nehemiah 1, he hears of the exile of his people and uh, the pain that they're in. And he fasts to, to God to say, look, we, we've done wrong. We've been, uh, we've been um, seeking idols. We've been sinful. And, and he's desperately praying that, that God might lead Nehemiah to, to help the people turn back to God. 
Um, you see that with with the Ninevites, even uh, in Jonah, uh, the Ninevites weren't weren't the Israelites; they weren't the people of God. They were Gentiles, and yet Jonah goes over and he prophesies. And he, the instant response of the Ninevites is to is to put on sackcloth and ash, and then they fast um, as they as they seek out God and and try and turn back to Him. Um, and then and you see that also on an individual level. You think of of David and Bathsheba, where David commits that heinous crime and that sin of of killing Uriah and then taking Uriah's wife to be his own. Uh, and, and in those moments, in those dark moments, um, in 2 Samuel 12, David is is fasting uh, as um, his son dies, uh, or is, is very sick. Um, he's fasting and praying out and crying out to God. And in that, there's this real depth of repentance from which you see Psalm 51 um, come out. Uh, so often it's a, a response of humanity when we've messed up uh, against God. And it's really interesting, actually, um, in Leviticus 16, it's the Day of Atonement. Uh, that's the day when, when God wants to atone for all the sins of his people. And that is the one time in the Old Testament where God calls all of his people to fast once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge picture of, of uh, this idea of repentance uh, that God is calling us back to. That's super interesting that the Ninevites fasted. I guess it probably goes to show, actually, that historically fasting was actually something that human beings would instinctively do uh, as a way of responding i think it's true that uh, fasting is not just a christian thing but is actually something that other religions do as well mm-hmm. and i wonder whether one of the reasons we find it quite hard to fast is that we're not big on self-denial in our culture like we're so aware of our rights we're so used to having everything that we want and feeling that it's my right to not just have what i need but to be completely comfortable and and, and not to be hungry, that actually it feels quite odd to us mm. to think I will deny myself of something. I, I wonder whether that's one of the reasons mm. why we don't even really talk about it much in church. It's just not something that instinctively we would do nowadays. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's something that um, Jesus has modeled for us so clearly um, in the way that he lived his life. Um, yeah. Linda, can you take us through some of the passages in the New Testament where we see people fasting? Yeah, sure. So um, I think right from the get-go in Matthew's gospel, we find Jesus going out into the wilderness and, and we see that in the other gospels as well. Um, and, and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, and he's doing that to demonstrate really that he is the perfect perfect one the perfect son of god and that is how he prepares himself for his ministry he does that before he's before his ministry and um yeah so that's like Mm. a really significant way that jesus is perfect in terms of his model to us Mm. but also our perfect substitute because actually we'll never be perfect at fasting but always i guess like the whole gospel we see that in the shape of fasting that we're trusting in the one who does this perfectly Mm. Uh, i think in the sermon on the mount in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says when you give, when you pray, when you fast. He doesn't say if you give, if you pray, if you fast, but when. And and I wonder if it's because he can't really imagine that we wouldn't want to do these things when we've been given this amazing relationship that he enjoys with his Father in heaven. But he does caution us not to let others know because it's for our Father's eyes only. It's between us and God. Um, and I think that's sort of the tenor of a lot of the kind of private fasting that we see exemplified in scripture but then we do get um examples for example for example acts 13 verse 2 and 14 verse 23 where the early church fasted together it was a special fast it was corporate and it was for a purpose mike do you have anything more to say about yeah, that i, I think I, you I know thinking, a bit more I'm about just picking what you're saying about jesus and then thinking about that that passage you just mentioned in, in acts those two passages um because i think something else that we um fasting is is really a helping us to see is is like a, an utter reliance on god um 
you know, something you were saying earlier, Linda, about us having all the things that we need around us. Uh, you know, technology has come through. We we seem to be able to entertain ourselves, eat um, and drink and do exercise and all this other stuff with us in control. Um, but actually fasting is saying and realizing there's so much beyond our, our little small worlds and our little lives that is beyond our control mm. that we can't do. Um, and so what we're doing is we're fasting to say, I, I want to rely. I, these are things that I don't really need. What I need is God. I need him. I, I need to rely upon him, on his strength, because he is sovereign. He knows all. He is powerful. He can do these things that, I, that we can't. And so you're fasting to to place your heart and, and trust upon him. And I think that's sort of what Jesus was doing. Uh, you know, When he went out for 40 days to fast, he was in his humanity. Jesus was saying, I'm relying upon my father, upon his word, upon his goodness, upon his promises. And that self-denial that you were talking about, Linda, I think Jesus models that all the way through. And actually, we as followers, as as disciples, are called to do exactly the same thing. And I think that's what's going on in Acts, the the passages you mentioned. You know, Paul and Barnabas Barnabas are about to be sent out on a mission trip. It's huge. They've never done this before. Um, and, And in that, the church is praying together with them, fasting together with them to say, we can't do this in our own strength. We need to deny ourselves and rely upon God. That is why we fast, um, and and they, they do that together corporately, which is which is a huge picture. Mm. Um, so there, there's a there's different aspects. I think repentance you see, and then you see real reliance upon God as well, um, in in a lot of the passages that we've mentioned. Yeah, when we get through into the letters in one Corinthians seven, Paul talks about fasting from different things. Mm, that's helpful. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so, and it, it helps us to reveal what we can't live without, and it yeah. helps us to enjoy the Father more than anything else. Um, however. I really think it's important to say that in all of these situations, it isn't laid down as a law. Mm. It's not a mark of true belief. It's not a gauge of our spiritual health. Mm. A lot of other religions fast. And and in religion, fasting is something that we're told will bring a person closer to God or nirvana or whatever higher goal is being aimed at. And often it's tied up with other ways of disciplining the body, but that's not Christian. And I really want to get like the difference between religious fasting and actually biblical Christian fasting because Christian fasting is all about what Christ has already done. So mm. I don't think we can emphasize enough that we fast because we already enjoy a relationship with God. And it's a way that we express that and we enjoy what we've been given in Christ and a way of, of um, yeah, self-denial, following mm. Jesus. Like that is what we're called to, isn't it? Mm. We're called to follow him in the way that he laid down his life. And this is just one tiny way that we can lay down something mm. um, as we follow in his footsteps. But it doesn't make us more holy. It doesn't twist God's arm. It's mm. not a slot machine where we put in a number of hours of fasting and out pops and blessing. Mm. Yeah, that's immensely helpful. I can already feel some wrong thinking being corrected in my brain because I think definitely in the past I've thought, oh, fasting is a great way to win brownie points with God. Mm. Um, but that's not correct at all. What I'm hearing is it's a lot to do with your heart posture it's something that we can walk in in freedom they were sacrificing something it actually helps us to to delight in god Mm. um as we sort of seek him really intentionally in the time of prayer Mm. so having talked a lot about fasting um i'm intrigued to hear what some of your personal experiences with fasting have been yeah sure um i've i fasted in in various different ways in different formats uh so um previously i fasted just before easter in the build up to easter um, and often I'd do that on Good Friday, and I'd actually fast for the whole the whole day, the 24 hours. Um, and I'd, I'd miss all three meals, just have water um, to keep me going. Um, and I, and I, I did that, actually, I, I've done that a few times on my own. I've done that with um, a couple of my friends as well at times. And um, I just wanted to feel what it was like to, to let go of the things that I thought I needed. 
and say, actually, I need to rely upon upon Christ and on, on what he's done. Um, <coughs> 24 hours, it, it wasn't easy. It was, it was pretty hard. Um, breakfast was fine. And then you get to lunch and you're like pretty hungry. And then you get to dinner and you're really, you're really feeling it at that point in time. But in those moments, you, you learn to lean more upon God, um, just as Christ has shown us, and to lean and rest in, in who Jesus is. Uh, and I find that really invaluable um, each time I've done that. Uh, I've done other ones too, where we um, fasted for a meal for a set period of time. Um, you know, we were praying about coming to the Globe Church to be a pastor here. Uh, that's something we did. Um, I just, uh, I, I skipped breakfast for the whole week and just pray through each time. And um, as I did that, I spent that time just praying to God and asking him, seeking him, saying, look, I'm relying upon you, Lord. Like, show us uh, and teach us if this is the right thing uh, and for us. Um, and one other thing we did last year in, in last year's prayer week was uh, Jemima and I together we um, we did a social media fast uh, and we found that hugely helpful we it made us realize actually how much we were gripped by social media um, we spent more time on it than we thought uh, and as we let go of that we, we started finding more time to spend with one another speaking to God praying together um, sharing God's word together uh, started rather than looking down at our phones we started looking up and talking to each other and saying hello um, instead of sending each other messages through Instagram or like sending each other reels, you know. Um, and I find that really, really helpful, uh, a reset for us, um, yeah. a, a corrective. I think fasting, that's some of my personal experience uh, in fasting. Uh, Linda, what, how about you? What, what's it been like? Well, I guess um, for you, you grew up in a Christian home, so maybe it was slightly less weird to you. I mm. <laughs> I um, didn't have a Christian family, so fasting was like this really scary thing. That was It's a bit like a rock that I didn't want to lift up and look under for a long time. Mm. Um, and then I guess it was about five years ago when I got asked to write my book um, on biblical meditation. And if I'm honest, I like felt totally overwhelmed by the thought and mm. was like, how am I ever going to do this? And I realized that one of the biblical ways that we can express our dependence on God is too fast. And so I started um, just really small um I guess for me, I've always had a slightly tricky relationship with food from when I was a teenager. So I'm quite aware of just um, not wanting to get into a bad headspace with it. Um, and so I decided that the best way for me to do it would just be to skip breakfast and then um, use that time to pray and sort of humble myself at the start of my day. It was the day that I was, I had a one writing day a week and I would do that on my writing day. And then actually for me, like I say, because of my um, history, I would actually eat breakfast and lunch at lunchtime because I just decided that actually overall skipping the meal wasn't like a helpful way forward. And I just did that regularly so I feel like it's a bit rubbish and I know that some people skip breakfast every day but I guess it isn't about like comparing ourselves to others but it is about our heart posture and I guess also like reflecting back although I feel like it was such a small and insignificant thing and I feel a bit embarrassed even just saying it out loud um but like I guess the important thing is that we're trusting in Jesus who is the perfect faster he was the perfect prayer i was really struck by that going through two chronicles um a while back two chronicles six solomon is dedicating the temple and he actually prays over and over again i think it's about seven times when they your people pray towards this place that is the temple hear from heaven your dwelling place and when you hear forgive that's the prayer he prays to god and i think that's why when we pray we pray in jesus name like we're literally looking towards the place of sacrifice mm. towards the place where all of our insignificant rubbish attempts at things actually get perfected in in our savior and and so i think 
it's probably helpful to think, you know, if Jesus aligns giving, praying and fasting in Matthew 6, we're probably not just praying in Jesus name, but we're also fasting in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. And it isn't really about how good I am at fasting. He is perfect. And as I pray through him and as I fast towards him, actually, it's an acceptable and pleasing sacrifice to God. And and that's kind of I think I can find like that's a bit of an encouragement to Mm -hmm. me. I guess there's rest in that. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Just sort of like reflecting on some of my experience. um, I think I've done more of like a social media fast type thing just because, um, yeah, doing that actually exposed my heart and just how much I was using social media. Uh, That was really insightful. And then also like a Netflix fast. um, And... Mm. I think you know within your heart what it is that grips your heart. And um, I think, yeah, during the prayer week, it's a really good time to just pray and um, put perhaps try fasting in a way that you haven't tried before. Mm. Um, but that's something that I found really, really effective mm. um, in the past. So just thinking more practically, yep. what are some of the tips that we can, um, if you've never fasted before, what are some good, helpful tips? Well, I found it helpful to start small. Um, and so I would recommend um, if you've never tried fasting before, you could try missing one meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're under 18 or you struggle with eating issues, then you really want to think carefully whether skipping meals is the best thing for you. And I just think talk to somebody you trust about that. They'll be able to help you. And you can try fasting from something else and to think hard what it is you love more than God and what it is that grips your time. I think it's important to make sure that our purpose is to glorify our father Actually, if it's anything else, if it's to lose weight or have control over something when everything else feels out of control or to punish yourself, it's not a fast that glorifies your father because it's actually become about you and about what you can do and about um, you giving up stuff rather than about giving glory to God. I think we've talked quite a bit about having a plan about what you'll do to glorify your father in the time that you would have spent doing the other stuff. I personally find it helpful to read something stimulating. That's why I'm really thrilled that we've recorded this podcast because it probably kind of will encourage you and make you think, oh yeah, that's why I'm going to do it. And it'll give you some like biblical examples. You could read through Psalm 51 that Mike mentioned. Mm. That's a a great uh, kind of prayer really expressing our desire to repent and to humble ourselves before God. Uh, I think it's also important that we are considerate towards others because love for God and love for neighbor go together. So actually... It would be great if others felt more loved and cared for when we're fasting rather than it being an opportunity for us to yell at other people because we're a bit more irritable than usual. Mm. Um, And although fasting is like a private thing, it's like prayer in that. I do think we need to sometimes talk about it and help one another and we need role models. So I do think it's okay, particularly if you're starting out, to maybe talk to somebody about it or to do it alongside someone else. Um, And I I think maybe like it would be helpful to try a corporate fast because... I think one of the problems I find is that I'm really good at giving advice, but bad at sticking to it. And and I struggle with it being a private thing because it would really help me if I had some accountability. So, yeah, that would be cool. I also think it's helpful to remember we've got an enemy who wants to wreck our fasting. And just to be aware of that, like you will be a bit more irritable, but you just want to push through that and and turn to God for, for his help through his spirit in that time. Yeah. Super helpful. Yeah. I, I'd echo much of what Linda said. Um, uh, and just to add a couple of other thoughts on that. Um, one is, yeah, it's just on that structure thing. I, I quite like structure. That's my personality. And for some of you, it might not be. But but getting into that habit of actually when you, you know, if you're fasting and, and replacing um, whatever you were doing, you know, whether it's going to the gym or um, a meal time, um, make sure you replace that with something that you're doing with God. Yeah. And, and put that in your diary. I stick it in there saying for that hour where I would normally do, be doing X, Y, Z, 
I am going to pray or read that book that um, that Linda you know suggests or um, or you know actually for that prayer week why not go to one of the church prayer gatherings there we've got a bunch of stuff going on uh, morning and evening and instead of um, the, whatever thing that you were doing at 7 30 a.m. with 7 30 p.m. You, you just go that that week I'm gonna go to this prayer meeting uh, and and just go for it mm. um, or have that one to time one to one time with with God um, so put it in your diary and and actually if you learn to do that that week you'll start to learn to do that more as a habit to, to section off time in your calendars and your busy calendars um, to spend time with the Lord and rest in him I think that's a really good practice to do now the other thing I, I find quite handy um, I've never actually tried this I've, I've done this outside but not during fasting but I think if you were to fast and why not try journaling that might be quite a good thing to do just get a small booklet um, and just write a prayer or a re- reflection uh, in those times when you're fasting and speak to God um, and, and I think it's, it's really good because as you do that it'll help you to think about your thoughts it'll give you something to do in that time but then later on in your life and you look back and think about those times and you read through what you were praying through it might just rekindle you to go oh man it was so good that time I was resting in the Lord as I was fasting um, I need to do that again and and it's just um, something that might help you and, and spur you on uh, in that yeah that's great uh, thank you both so much for all that insight and the really practical steps so if someone in our church family um, wants to engage specifically with fasting over prayer week what are some of the ways they can get involved what are some of the things that they can come along to well i mean i wonder whether like for example the wednesday would be a really good day to fast uh, because we're going to meet together to pray in the evening at central and we're going to have a food together at seven so maybe it could be that whether you're miss whether you're trying a 24-hour fast or whether you're just missing one meal that you could aim to kind of finish with that which i think would be a really um I've, i would find that really helpful mm. like to have something yeah. to aim towards yeah well, and, and think about the people you're, you're with you know the corporate um, nature of fasting that, that linda was mentioning that we've seen in the old testament and well throughout scripture um, if you're in a prayer triplet, maybe that week you, you just say, hey, look, the three of us or four of us, whoever, however many you are, why don't we fast from this for this week and keep your, keep one another accountable? Mm. Um, maybe suggest that in your focus groups and say, hey, look, shall we, shall we fast from this this week uh, and then go to a prayer meeting together uh, as a focus group? That'd be a great thing to do. Um, yeah, yeah well, just talk to people in your church family and think, and uh, there's lo- there are loads of people who are really smart, cre- creative with their ideas and who've tried different things, who have different experiences. So to tap into that and mm. talk to them and say, hey, look, do you want to do that together? Um, let's fast together, um, you know, throughout that week. So, And there's plenty of stuff, as I mentioned before, loads of stuff going on throughout that week, uh, morning and evening. So just pick a couple of things where you can think, I'm fasting, let's go to that um, yep. with someone. I yep. think that'd be a great thing. We've got a couple of afternoon things as well, actually, oh, to help great. with fasting. Um, so on Wednesday, we've got a lunch Zoom prayer meeting, mm. um, and that would be a great time um, if you're fasting. So rather than eating food, you can meet up um, with people on Zoom and pray. Um, we're also having a media fast on the Saturday, um, so that's something that you can get involved in mm. as well. Um, so yeah. Thank you guys so much um, for all your input. Uh, We hope that that has simplified fasting a bit um, and that it's been a helpful conversation. If you want to chat about some of this stuff uh, more, feel free to catch Mike, me, Linda. Uh, Yeah, hope that's been helpful. Thanks so much. That's been great. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.